Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Stratley! Happening, everybody, and welcome to this another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We are live, not really live, in Glasgow. It's a beautiful sunny day, and we are here to talk about the revival of British wrestling. I am your host this week, Stephen Wilson, and I am joined by a panel who's absolutely roasting and sniffling. No pointing <laughs> elbows, David. First of all, to my right, he's been referred to as a chump and a jobber, but he's a champ in my eyes. It's Ross McLeod. I love you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> How's things, Ross? I love it. Good, good. And also joining us, he's been away for a very, very long time. It feels like after rough exams, I'm getting power slammed and scoop slammed every way, every way except for It's James Murphy. That sounded a wee bit dirty, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. Good, good. And also joining us, he's snuffling, but don't worry about it. He's still the modern day Botcha Rager. It's David Hockney. Hello, hello. Hey, yeah, yes, we all have hay fever. Some of us do anyway, but I'll just come with it. Yes, you're it's just you. It's just, it's literally just you. Not yeah, David. Just other me, than yeah. that, how you, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Nice to have the sunny weather out for a change. Um, and also joining us, it's the wrestling trainee, not the female wrestling <laughs> trainee, as she's been called in the past. So, so, sorry about that. It's Jamie. Hi. How's it going? Not bad. Good, good. You're looking forward to being back? We'll see. We'll see if David sneezes on me. <laughs> I'm not going to sneeze Relax. And also we have the MVEP. It's Kwaku. What about switches? <laughs> <laughs> yes, due to some technical issues, we are not live this week, but we are providing the usual fantastic content as always. So yeah, this is Eat Sleep Support Retweet. If you're liking what you hear, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're on them all. We are at Suplex Retweet. We might have Snapchat, I don't know, because I don't use it. We don't, but we I'll do. Should we? We do. Should we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, do you not think MVEP sounds like a really bad tag team between MVP and EC3? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never thought about that, actually, because I, I think I was the one that coined the term, actually, and it just yeah, David, That's David, why David, it's bad. David came up with it, so... It's a better name than Y2AG. <laughs> 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 At least we had the decency and then burn, burn it, it. Yeah. next week. <laughs> yes, so we are talking about the British invasion sort of thing. So we've been talking about British wrestling in the States, British wrestling's revival, anything to do with British wrestling. So if you're listening and you have some sort of input in the show, give us a message on those social media feeds that we've been talking about just there. That suplex retweet on all of them. Right, so let's start off where British wrestling began very, very, very minutes ago, and it was the initial rise of the UK wrestling scene now. For anybody who talks about wrestling, everybody know most people will refer to the old days of world of sport back in the, I believe, David, you have a stats man, yeah. you want to tell us. Can you tell us the, a bit more about the world of sport era of wrestling? Yeah, the world of sport it ran for about 20 years between 1965 and 1985, and it had this 45-minute uh, wrestling segment from about 4 p.m. every time it was on air. And it was probably one of the more popular segments because it featured a big rivalry between uh, two famous UK wrestlers, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. Yes, the, 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 the modern day living legends, I think, in professional wrestling, I think it's fair to say, in the UK anyway. Sold out Wembley and wrestled for two and a half minutes. It's <laughs> an absolute bargain moment. Has <laughs> anybody watched the matches between the two back I, in the I've day? I've seen the two and a half minute one and it felt a hell of a lot longer than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was actually, the world of sport was like, 
it was the sort of main sports area before like grandstand and that came along because they always played the results at the end as well. Yeah, but I reckon saying that they had various different types of world of sport, but the wrestling was one form of it. But yeah, 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 the wrestling yeah. was just like a forty-five minute segment of like a four-hour show. Like the football yeah, at once there was no one stayed better late than the FA Cup final. That's how popular British wrestling was in the sixties and seventies. It was absolutely massive. I mean, before obviously we had Sky, Virgin, BT, obviously. Back in the days, two full-time channels. There's something definitely to be said for having wrestling on a, a free TV model because that's what they do over in India. They get the WWE uh, for free. Right. It's all Raw and SmackDown are on Indian just regular TV. So that's obviously got to do with his massive popularity over there and just as it used to be as popular over here. Stuff like that. Mm. Interesting. So it's, it's on free over there. I mean, could you? It's, it's hard to imagine having free wrestling anytime. I mean, obviously yeah. we're used to having WWE on Sky. I mean, uh, we've always been talking in the past about the Ajay family's massive cable package. Pick <laughs> <laughs> up cable package alone! <laughs> we had it on uh, NTL back in the day, before that was... Before that was, that was, that was Virgin, yeah. Yeah, we had NTL. Uh, uh-huh. I don't remember what channel it was on, but I used to get up really early and watch SmackDown. Did it not used to be on like, Channel 4 as well, for a brief oh, stint? Yeah, until yeah. me young got a gun. Yeah, she... <laughs> they also as well. She got her massive cable package out. <laughs> <laughs> Like two, two, two <laughs> dogs on. Oh, but then you know that's that that caused a censorship row, and uh, they were like, we have to, we can't show that. Is it obviously not family friendly? <laughs> Just on the subject of Big Daddy, actually, he actually set back in the day. He actually set the Guinness World Record for uh, uh, like biggest chest. I think it was. It was like sixty-four inch chest. I thought me young on a male wrestler, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, love so you, I love how you had to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> That's your statistic for the day in case anybody you decided to twist that on me a bit. <laughs> so yeah, obviously you talked about uh, giant haystacks and that type of thing. Uh, anybody else got anything to talk about on those two? Obviously massive in terms of they helped pioneer the sport, I think it's fair to say. Obviously we've got two trainees in the house here in James and Jamie. And Jamie, what's your thoughts on these, what these people, these two, uh, meant to the sport? That, um, they meant a lot, like I know people, like my trainers especially, still refer to them as like their idols for back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when it was like back when it wasn't Americanized, so it was just really wrestling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like entertaining the fans and stuff. So yeah, they were like really good ones to look at just for the sake of like wrestling, Character gimmicks and like tag team wrestling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, obviously the, the gimmick of the two of them, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they built the full world of sport around these two. They had other guys in there as well with the likes of uh, the top of Kendall Nag- Nagasaki. Uh, <laughs> from, like, he's like El Ligero now, El, El Ligero is from Leeds. Kendall Nagasaki was from like Manchester. His name was like Mick. It <laughs> <laughs> was a whole big fight. Obviously, the, the reveal of Ken, Ken, Kendall Nagasaki. I think I seen this in a documentary, and it was this whole massive thing. And then after that reveal, it just kind of disappeared. There was a whole mystery of it. You don't get that nowadays in wrestling, you know. Mm. Uh, James, obviously, you're the other trainee in the room. What's your? Obviously, these two are living legends to a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. They're names that have been thrown around as the beginning of being able to see where like superstars, like a star status essentially. So like obviously with wrestling you had like these people who were like famous but only like to you. Mm-hmm. So like I know people that like talk about wrestling and there's some people in Scotland who they so oh they will say like oh ICW that's the one with Grado. They'll say like that. Whereas like he's a name you can throw around to people like my understand it but you know those two guys are names that are like they start to help pioneer the whole bigger than a fan base sort of thing that you can understand them in popular culture as yeah. well. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Ross, do you think this is kind of where Vince McMahon kind of got his early approach to wrestling? I mean, obviously, these two are just big guys, you know. I mean, uh, as David said many times in the past as well, Vince loves big sweaty men. <laughs> It's yeah. Dave stole from someone else before, yeah. It's been <laughs> sort of uh, we need to stop doing that. He's got to keep finger. You're, uh, you're the set piece king, remember? But yeah, I, no, I was I, set piece king before Mark called I, I stole it from true king. <laughs> We're gonna get sued by Cultaholic. <laughs> sued, I tell you. I can clarify that Ross was the set piece king before. My before wrestling podcasts were a thing, you know. My free kicks were. <laughs> Before I get fat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's pretend that you don't say that. <laughs> I was there, you can't hide that. But no, you think this was a Vince kind of got his early approach to wrestling with these character wise? I think an easy way to explain it would be like they're, they use wrestling in a way to tell a really, really good story. Which is similar to like the entertainment, but their wrestling itself was also like extremely technically proficient. Mm-hmm. So you had that when it still it still sort of survives today. People do talk about uh, like British re- uh, wrestling has a reputation for being some of it anyway, being more technically proficient, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's something that you can see has sort of influenced the UK scene still today as well. Don't apologise, I wasn't last night. I was a bit busy looking up Kendo Nakasaki. His real name is Peter Thornley from Stoke. <laughs> Uh, Giant Haystacks in particular had a bit of an impact in WCW as well towards mm-hmm. the end of his career because in WCW he went under the name of Loch Ness, very suitable for us Scottish folk, but he was um, he was part of the light of the Dungeon of Doom. He was where he's Scottish as Roddy Piper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, sadly I don't think he got the, the momentum going for him in that feud because he, that's when he was written off due to his cancer diagnosis. He died at 51, poor guy. I mean, he was he was pretty much built as the heel for Big Daddy. That's why they brought yeah, Giant Haystacks yeah. in. I mean, it's kind of like they weren't just rivals as well. They were a tag team in joint promotions as well. You have done your research, yeah. As opposed to last week, <laughs> the, the one which we've not currently got to air yet, which yeah. will come by the way. So yeah, that was embarrassing. Who, but <laughs> uh, well, essentially, Dave spent all half the show whenever you said, "Dave, have you heard of the Fox?" <laughs> <laughs> cut, we'll cut that. We'll cut that. It's right. <laughs> I mean, the big question. We'll just kind of throw this out there. I mean. If we didn't have this early day world of sport that time, would we have wrestling in this country? Probably. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Especially with like the tribute shows. Like mm. I think that's especially yeah. a big one for Britain when everything went wrong, bringing that tribute shows over. Yeah. That made it The so Scottish popular. Undertaker. The Scottish <laughs> Rock. The, and then the when big they went, red machine. Plus yeah, imagine it was an five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> imagine an alternate world where there's a country that has no wrestling and Vincent Man realizes this. They salivate at the mouth. It's like they've never had wrestling before. I can do whatever I want there, you know. It's <laughs> frothing. <laughs> <laughs> True Vince McMahon fashion, it would be like are you from there? No. You look kind of like <laughs> You look like you're from Scotchland. Could you stand next to this dual up colour to Are you ginger? You must be from Scotland. Well, it's Seamus, David. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, but that's... Yeah. That's like whenever you watch Braveheart and it's... Oh, to be sure, to be sure. I'm I'm, I'm a great Scotsman. Like, are you sound it with me? Carry there. Maybe that's the thing, you know, you assume somebody's ginger, you assume they're from Scotland. But yeah, Scotland. No, again, it could be Irish as well. Definitely that's, not. That's the, the point thing. I was trying to make. Yeah. Definitely not the first thing I thought when I saw Seamus was like, yeah, Scotland. <laughs> but, you know, I get, I get where you're coming from. Oh, yeah. the, the Celtic cross and the green attire don't give it away. But I think we would anyway. Back to the main right. question. Right. <laughs> yes. Please. We would still have wrestling this show, like Jamie was saying. The tribute shows were a dark day in British wrestling, but you know, World of Sport it did die, and WWE was even more popular. So with the likes of WWE rising. Yeah, eventually we're going to go to the British promotions. 
weaseling in on the interest of wrestling. It, was, it wasn't just those two either, you know, you had other opponents like in uh, places like Joint Promotions, like those two went up against Mighty Joe Quinn uh, from Canada, and of course, Fit Finlay. They were, I mean, Joe, John Quinn was obviously Canadian, but the the example was Fit Finlay, that's what I was going to go for. <laughs> obviously Canadian. So no, he's not, not familiar with yeah, that. That's a great Canadian name. <laughs> they had a good, a good cultural impact as well, because you know, obviously Big Daddy was... Uh, I believe he was parodied a couple of times um, as sort of in comic books because I remember reading an old uh, 80s edition of the Beano and he was, well, a, a sort of parody figure of him was sort of inputted, it was, it was called Big Papa and he was uh, a babysitter oh, for Dennis the Menace. Big Papa? <laughs> yeah, Big Papa. Wrestling was mainstream media yeah. back at that point in time. But... So, yeah, it, it's just, just goes, goes to show that there was also another cultural impact, not just in wrestling but also other forms of entertainment. But you, 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 you've you moved on quite nicely today to talk about some of the names you mentioned. Obviously, as world of sport kind of moved away, obviously we didn't have that type of mainstay promotion at that point in the book, but there was a, lot, a big influx of UK styles going over to the US, and we'll talk about some of them uh, briefly as we go along here. We'll start with one of the guys you just mentioned there, Fit Finlay. I mean, a lot of people weren't familiar with Fit Finlay's work early days, because obviously he didn't come into WWE until very late on in his career, but uh, can anyone want to talk a bit about Fit Finlay on this one? Even if it's just his WWE run. I mean, he loves to fight. He loves to fight, yeah. <laughs> he carries a shillelagh and he has a little leprechaun. I, bro, I, yeah. I bought a shillelagh when I went to Belfast purely because of Fit Finlay. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Aye, he, had a, he had an Irish clover on him, even though he was from Northern Ireland. <laughs> Vince McMahon doesn't care. <laughs> Plus, I have heard that he yeah. has been quite influential backstage. Yeah, um, he yeah. was supposedly quite involved with like talent relations and stuff. I've heard that he was instrumental in getting like Paige back and everything and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So he is obviously much more than his like, on-screen presence. There's a lot of these wrestlers who, how do you put it? Once they've moved on from their like main main matches and that sort of thing, they start to do more backstage work, and like a lot of them have like undiscovered talent for like helping out wrestling as a business as opposed to as a, an entertainment scene. Well, yeah. he is a veteran of the business as well, so he yeah. he's more than capable of uh, providing training and mentoring and stuff. So I think he, he plays an excellent backstage role very well. The likes of, uh, what's it, uh, Jamie Noble, Billy Kippen, the likes of the guys that played that kind of role backstage and Finley's in that guy. The uh, supposedly, was it Tyson Kidd was producer on the Rollins amazing Rollins right, yeah. match. So, you know. One memorable match on the card, I think it's well. Yeah. 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 When, I think when that got revealed, how so Tyson Kidd's name Backlash match, yeah. Everyone just sort of goes, oh, that makes sense now. But yeah, Finley was like, he's also like a really entertaining figure. Like, it was good to. I, I was always excited to see him in a rumble. For yeah. example, like he's, he's always done something good. He was never going to be the main event guy when he got to WWE because he's age at the time. But at the same time, he was always good as like the fourth guy in the match, the sixth guy in the Money in the Bank, the you know the final six in the rumble. You know because he was always put on a show, and he was just like watching as a young guy. He was just so unlikable. Is Finley also the only person to ever be disqualified from a Royal Rumble? Because, yeah, because, he, <laughs> because he, he didn't wait for his number. Yeah, he came out before his yeah. entry number was called. Yeah. Is that a hell porn swoggle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that is the worst thing he's ever done. He is a legend <laughs> in the business, but his part in horn swoggle being revealed. Was like, a heart swoggle his son, though? No, it was, no it was the storyline was he was meant to be Vince's son. But oh, yeah, was he actually he ended up being Finley's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, 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 it yeah. Was, so it was Finley's son. Yeah, like... Don't you try. It was one... <laughs> Don't you stop, man. Exactly. It was his first day back. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was another example of Vince McMahon, just cultural stereotype. He's Irish. We've got a midget. Could we make him a leprechaun? Aye. By the way, you're stuck with a leprechaun, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, obviously, talk about British guy. We can't really talk about British wrestling in America without talking about the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, Jamie uh, Wembley, SummerSlam '92, just summed up how popular the Bulldog was. No, that's true. Do you know that's like, but well, my first stint uh, with wrestling was actually in Butlins. Right. And I was nine years old on a tribute show, and it was one of the guys acting basically that match over again. Um, that's awesome. That's the only one I actually owned on, owned on video at the time, so that's like the thing I grew up with. Um, not because my mum just fancied them and wanted to be watching it. <laughs> but that was, I think that was like the peak for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he ever hit the heights again. I mean, main eventing, um, 80,000 people that went. I mean, we talk about rest, uh, how we crave a pay per view in the UK now and have 80,000 people in Wembley yeah. cheering and having a British guy in the main event against a guy like Bret Hart, obviously. One of the best, best there ever will be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how. But he never really hit the heights. I mean, the same can be said about his tag team partner, Dynamite Kids. Mm-hmm. Issues outside the ring, which we will talk about. They, 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 were, they were a great tag team, but obviously, yeah, he, David Boy Smith. Amazing wrestler, Ross. Mm-hmm. I think it was just head and show. But Dynamite Kid was a bit of a technical wrestler, but British Bulldog had the WWF at the time look. Mm-hmm. And I think he was the right person at the right time, because about 92 was when WWE started showing in the UK. And it's around right about that time where they, like, it was back in the days of hometown heroes. And as soon as we had someone like, oh, he's British, right, I, we're gone for him. Yeah. It was uh, the right place, the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the other examples was 1987, One Night Only, in Birmingham. It was him and Shawn Michaels main eventing for the European Championship, so the WWF Championship was actually second to last that night. I got that. So it, yeah, British Bulldog was going in as the defending champion, but I think Shawn Michaels won that match by submission. And it generated quite a negative reaction from the crowd, obviously understandable, because HBK was playing the heel part a bit. But the crowd, I think he still got a decent pop as a result, But so it just goes to show that you know, British Bulldog was main event material, I just don't think he got his juice at the end of the day. Yeah, that was one of the ones as well. I've watched that match about a thousand times, that Shawn Michaels match, mm-hmm. because it was in a VHS thing, you could free in the paper. It was like wild in the UK, and it was like four different matches for like rebellion and insurrection and all that, and then that was the main event. How much do you remember the Bulldog's comeback in the late night? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. I, at, this, at this point, he, he was just he had too many personal demons. He was. It wasn't interested, he was there for the paycheck. You know, he'd also been affected by the fact that, you know, around about this time Bret Hart had started going into depression, Owen Hart had recently died. And it was just the same with the company as well, they just didn't use him. Like yeah. they, so they had a European title run that he lost to Val Venus. And the most memorable thing about him was the rock rock bomb that went to dog poop. I love how you have to get the rock reference on that. <laughs> no, no, that was a natural one. Later on I was gonna go, the rock ones came to Britain. <laughs> well, he, did, he did also uh, <laughs> literally as rock and roll bingo now. <laughs> he did he was part of the six man the six pack challenge on Forgiven that year, replaced Undertaker. Yeah, that and that was like the height of his return. And he they they took away his mute like his Music, do, 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 do. it was cheesy, but it was good, and it was just a dub barking. It just got annoying. Uh, I mean, also, uh, we talk about uh, British wrestlers. I mean, current day as well. I mean, the epitome of British wrestling now is he is a legend in general. He's the NXT general manager, William Regal. Oh, mm-hmm. I hated him yeah. as a kid as well. He was so oh, he was oh, so hateful. Oh, such a good heel. There was something yeah. about his music that was very. Mm-hmm. It kind of made you hate him. Yeah, it does make yeah. you hate him a lot. It's sort of like so almost dep- like oppressive and horrible. But his current theme. They're like, yeah, they're like, duh! He's one in two, 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 he
uh, like a fit for a king almost, really. Yeah, he's, would you call it, his first one was like, when you see in films, it's like posh women <laughs> eating afternoon tea. What, well, that's, da, 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 uh, uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> Baroque music, you'd really yes, call it. Yes, aye. aye. It's that sort of music there. Uh, that was his first one, and it was just his stupid, he thought people liked him. He came out waving to the crowd like the Queen. What, he, he, I, he was a European ambassador, he was a European champion, and he was just... He was such a naughty, he was great. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a great story about him when he did WCW with Goldberg. Yeah. And he no-sold Goldberg something awful. Yeah, he ran And that kind, of, that kind of led to him getting released from WCW. There was also in, yeah. in the, near the beginning of the Attitude Era where he was the working man as well. Yeah, On that note, supposedly, uh, Eric Bischoff actually recently did an Ask Me Anything on the internet and he himself has said that that had nothing to do with William Regal's, Regal's firing. Aye. But it did make Goldberg look bad, which angered people, but apparently he was getting sacked before that. Yeah, he did. So Aye, that's an interesting thing. Time, yeah. He had a problem with drinking drugs at the time. Yeah, yeah his drug addiction was sort of late, mid to late 90s and stuff. But before that, you know, he, did, he had a stint in All-Star Wrestling under his uh, original name, Stephen Regal. That's why he was winning. Steve Regal, yeah. He was Steve Regal. Oh, I mean, Lord, the, Steve Regal. The thing is, well, when he won the King of the Ring in WWE as well, he was supposed, supposedly going to get a world title run, mm. or he was going to be pushed for a, a number one contender for the world title, and obviously that's when he had the violation, you know. But, yeah. Uh, is he up there as one of the best to have ever won the belt? Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. I mean, he's been in the Tag Team Championship reign, he's been WCW television champion. Um, multiple-time intercontinental European champion. I mean, this man's just about done all, and he's former King of the Ring. There was actually, when I was talking about hating as a kid, there was a Smackdown or Raw, it was two weeks in a row, and I absolutely hated him. A Rock, sorry, here. Pete Bell. <laughs> here we go. The Rock, the Rock beaten by DQ, and me not realising that DQ means you don't get the title. He was still walking about all smug. I'm still the champion. And then on Raw, the next week, they had four number one contenders matches that would lead to a fatal phobia and it was him and Steve Austin you're like right, Steve Austin's gonna absolutely leather him and he beat Steve Austin through Triple H's help and it was just like I hate him so much I have never hated other than other than my bark gun of a brother I have never hated him <laughs> so much you talk about uh, he, obviously heel moves I mean doesn't not many better heel moves than the power of the punch oh that was great that, that was great but also uh, now looking present day the influence that he's got on the current crop of NXT guys yeah, uh, it just shows how big he is in the business. I mean, he, him and also his fellow Brit, uh, Robbie Brookside. Yeah, yeah. As well, helping influence Dave's probably got 15 million stats on Robbie Brookside. No, I just know their tag team is called the Golden Boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have stats on that, but doing the Brookside shuffle for like six minutes in a row hurts a bit. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's not fun. But, uh, I think uh, also, also can't forget his tag team, uh, the Blue Bloods, as well. WCW. Triple H. Yep, and then Bobby Eaton. <coughs> Interesting. So, so Dave has brushed up on his stats. Yeah, told him his stats been wrong. Quite something I do like that I heard recently is that William Regal still comes to the UK to get um, to promotions, and he actually scouts out yeah. talent. Yeah. Um, and he's, it, a, he's the man over here for the exactly. Custom over here, I think. And it's brilliant. Like um, when Wolfgang at a at a recent interview said that. Um, William Regal was actually at one of the ICW shows um, and this was uh, a few weeks before he got the call to basically say you're being recruited to the UK Championship so he was actually there scouting people so it's still good to see they still got that influence that brings in new UK talent to the NXT and so on. Hidden gem of a real William Regal match is 
it's, I think it's the last match ever of Florida Championship Wrestling before he became NXT. He had a match with Dean Ambrose. Mm -hmm. he, he puts Dean Ambrose over so much. That was before Dean Ambrose was in the Shield, obviously, before mm -hmm. that. But yeah. You need to go. I think you can probably find this on YouTube. William Regal. This was Dean 2012 Ambrose. as well, because you know the the newly reformatted NXT. That's the year it came in. Yeah, it was literally the last FCW taping. It's a cracker of a match, William Regal. There's a John Cena story about William Regal where he uh, he didn't have ring, proper ring gear. He had like volleyball shorts and. Hockey boots on, you know, and he, sorry, basketball boots on, and he asked them backstage. People like, ask William Eagle, he'll tell you what to do. And he says to William Eagle, What can I do? He goes, Well, lad, if you get proper gear, at least you'll look like a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and just left him standing there. He's so well spoken as well, like, and the way he really sort of um, really exerts his presence over somebody, he talks down to them, calls them sunshine and stuff. I love it when he does that. He is, he's promo against Triple H. Went into Triple H bar, Eugene. Yes. He's an absolutely amazing promo. He's got, he's got a great backstage promo right there. A few weeks ago, before the, the NXT takeover, Quacko probably know this, but uh, Velveteen Dream. Mm -hmm. And Dream just goes up to Mr. Regal, you're looking well, and he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some guy, some guy. Yeah. We're talking out, out, um, outside of WWE as well in the US. One of the best feuds ever in America outside of WWE. He's got a British well, in my opinion. It's Daniel Bryan, it's Daniel Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness. In Ring of Honor, yeah. Ring of Honor, I mean, obviously we might not be as familiar with Nigel McGuinness in that, but that guy could go. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the Daniel Bryan matches. He's absolutely amazing. It was a shame as well. He went to TNA yes. as Desmond Wolf, mm -hmm. and they just completely ruined him. He got diagnosed, I think. It's Hep C, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, I remember that. It was, he's a, he should be running out of business. It's the kind of thing you can't really perform with yeah. due to the fact that it just accidentally you can try and let these things like Yeah. Yeah. But what there was an instance where Bob Orton. Yeah, Bob Orton and the other yeah. Oh, he's him and Marlon Ronaldo. Yeah. I would say those two and Corey Graves are probably the best color commentators in the WWE. Mm -hmm. But obviously, Michael Cole was great when they did the UK Championship. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it was really nice to, to hear these guys and like obviously Nigel McGuinness in particular during the UK scene brought out a lot of life and like authenticity. Yeah, it was good as well. He's also doing 205 Live as well, yeah. Yeah. which is really good as well. Anybody else get any more about this kind of era of UK stars so in the US? A hidden gem in a match. Nigel McGuinness and TNA's Desmond Will against Cut Angle. Yeah, his first match with Cut Angle. Uh, and it was absolutely, it was meant to be going over uh, further down the line because it was number. They'd done the TNA top 10 long before SmackDown stole it. And they, actually, once. they, actually, they actually, TNA actually done something with uh, And Cut Angle basically challenged everyone in the top 10, he worked his way down the list and it originally was meant to give Kurt Angle time off, Desmond Wolf would beat him at the first first hurdle and then they just decided, I know, let's just scrap that. He was meant to be in the option as well, Yeah, Ric Flair's stable in TNA as well, he was meant to have, uh, but he obviously missed the cut on that one. Uh, anybody else get any more on the, the UK guys in the US at this point in time? Not for me, no. <laughs> Okay, so um, obviously that was the main period of that time. Obviously, with a spell, we didn't get as many UK guys over there, but obviously, in the last obviously 10, 15 years, as we know from being Scottish, mm -hmm. the UK wrestling scene has had a, bit, had a rebirth, I think it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. uh, 
with so many promotions going about, there's so much good things going about on the UK on the UK scene. Uh, James, what's your thoughts on the buff rebuff of the UK scene? Obviously. Uh, I can't go on my newsfeed on Facebook without seeing a wrestling event being shared. It's like, come down to Mary Hill, let's go to Larbert, stuff like that. And I'm like, so much wrestling. Yeah, if I you mean, tried to go through it all, you, you would eventually just, your car would break down or you'd go a bit mental. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, it's been interesting because wrestling was one of these things I dropped out of watching when I entered high school, roughly. And then it came about, I moved in with my current flatmate Kyle and he was watching wrestling and I was like, oh I've not seen wrestling in ages, like what's this, who are these guys? Started watching it and I was like, oh this is quite cool and then he was like, oh I'm going to... The, the first actual ICW event I went to was Fear and Loathing when Grado won the title off Truth. Fear and Loathing Day. Yep, that was the first ever ICW event I went to. Well, that's the favorite. Which is also my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite moment I witnessed live. Yeah. I'm like fan, I think it's fair to say. Um, but it's, it's interesting because people don't talk about wrestling the way they used to. Yeah. Wrestling, people, the first thing, if someone, someone asks them what are you doing, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do wrestling training, they're like, oh, sometimes they'll say, isn't that fake? But then they'll oh, also, I, I but that. they'll also then say, oh, isn't that ICW, isn't that what Grado does, because they know him from like TV or like Panthos and that, and then it's not got as much of a just for children or, or in America just for rednecks kind of following out. And in, 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 it's really interesting to see how it's being accepted more and more as like a good night out. Almost how, sorry, it's a bad comparison, but I'm talking about in terms of popularity here, how darts had a revival. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, that the darts is amazing. So kind of, yeah. you think so, about that, I mean, darts has stolen basically everything for wrestling, the stupid clothing. Exactly. The outlandish <laughs> hairstyles. Mm-hmm. They're stunning. Have you ever seen a darts player's wife? Oh, they're stunning. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's where it comes from, they're just like, Hey, maybe it is fun to go have a pint, stand in the garage, and watch guys do some really entertaining stuff. On that, on that note, I'll go across to Dave. For me, eh? yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, I wasn't speaking there for quite uh, quite a while. I need to start talking now. Dave, I mean, uh, the UK scene in wrestling. Yeah. What's your thoughts on it? I mean, most people will know you're a big rock culture fan. Uh huh. Yeah. I think that's the only relevance you have to UK wrestling. Not, not entirely true. I mean, I've been I've been to a few ICW events. I remember my first one was uh, Space Boss in 2014. That was Drew's comeback match. Which is... For people who know Dave, Dave's appearance at ICW shows have got some form of WWE relation to it. Yep. He's been there, he was there for Drew's first match back. He was there to see the UK title depend on the ABC. Yeah. See, I, well, Shug's Who's Party, that's probably... And I was there both nights. I'd have to say that was probably one of the best moments when I saw... Uh, BT Gun become triple crown champion winning the Zero G Championship from Kenny Williams. That the the pop that when he made the the submission was, was probably one Steven. of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the loudest of heard like in a in a live show. Last year, and that was when that was uh, well, I'm not talking Kenny. For now, uh, what <laughs> Yeah, I I can't really slag Dave about going to only WWE related ICW shows because up until recently. When I started going more regularly, I only went to Fear and Loathing every year. I went to the past three Fear and Loathing, and the only other show I went to before that had Sabu and Cole Cabana on it. They were just like, oh, CM Punk mentioned him once. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen half a Ring of Honor match, aren't I, Andy? Let's go to ICW in Edinburgh. But uh, yeah, ICW recently, I've really been enjoying just the simple fact. It's the first time I've been back properly. And it, like James was saying, it's just it's a great night out. Like there was a squadrons last time. Like, there was eighteen years the other night, I think. <laughs> oh, it was tons. There was t- there was tons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sleeps with Fletcher Retweet at, at pretty much all ICW shows. Come mm-hmm. come find us. No, we've always got some kind of representative. Yeah. We will have at least one of us being there. 
Probably you not. Probably not. Usually, you usually hear quack. Don't just ice me up as well. There's also SWA, which I think is much more family friendly because it's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big show on. I mean, a lot of the ICW rosters featured on sort of those shows. Sometimes they do cross branding with other promotions, such as Progress, and even get former WWE stars in there as well. Like Ryback was the most recent one against Grado. I think that was that. That'd be a big draw in itself for not just casual WWE fans, but also. You know, obviously, because Grado was a big draw on himself, not just because of the wrestling, but because of his associations with Panto and TV and stuff. Do you know how accurate was Dave there? Quite. Um, <laughs> Dave's done um, well in this one. I'm not going to slag him. Well, I was meant one. to be held in that show, and I just remember hearing about it going, like, how was the match? And it was like, can we really count to a match? Like, nothing actually happened until afterwards. Like, I'm pretty sure he got beat with him, like, the first minute. <laughs> but then, you know, if you get the ticket money, then you can do whatever you want, I guess. I mean, the thing you're seeing with the UK is well, it's kind of got that feel that the US had years ago with the kind of everybody, everybody's got their It's kind of territory like based now. It yeah. is kind of territory. Oh, yes. I mean, we've got the example, we've got ICW in other Glasgow, and we've also got all the smaller ones around the mouth that are more prominent than everybody else. Discoveries, 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 Edinburgh, PWs, Swearian, everywhere. Everywhere apart from Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually a really good move on PBW's part because obviously people not from Glasgow would get sick of travelling constantly to ICW and SWA. So PBW have basically seen a gap in the market and went, you know what, we're going to go everywhere there isn't wrestling. There you go, Ross, you're getting popped up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if anybody's actually been to a Defiant wrestling show yet, which was actually established in mid-2016 as WCPW. That's your castle country. They're in England. We just go there when it's like... Yeah, they're much more Newcastle-based, yeah. but they've done shows in, in London as well, so... I've actually heard that it is like, a great night out. Obviously, mm-hmm. they did have the YouTube money behind us, they could bring over big stars like Del Yoker and Cody Rhodes. But they have done a lot of, like Gabriel Kidd, Prince Amin, Martin Kirby, guys who were on the UK scene that weren't exactly like the level of Grado and all that and have became big stars throughout that. The best moment I think from, I don't know if it was still what cultural wrestling at this point in time was when um, uh, Martin Kirby won the I think it was a World Cup of World title. Yeah, and yeah. WCPW. And, uh, and a Rumble match, and the crowd went absolutely crazy. That yeah, was, Martin Kirby was very popular with that crowd, so I mean, was, I think uh, that was a long time coming. It was the first time he'd hit his, like we talk about, obviously, at times, finishers either being overused. He'd never, he'd never hit that finish. He'd never hit that move before. It was always like a joke move, and then. Um, you see him hesitating, like, I'm actually going to hit this, and he hits it, and it's a shot in his face as well that makes the moment the crowd absolutely lose it. Yeah. You talk about ter- kind of territory as well, obviously. Talk, uh, you've got the England as well, not just Scotland. Uh, Defiance, obviously, there. You've got uh, Progress in London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Progress are doing Wembley Arena this year. Probably yeah. the, Progress are the biggest UK. Probably, aren't they? Overall, yeah. it's, well, is, 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 is there a? They're, they're, they're trying. They're trying. They're trying. I think. So is it is it Progress or ICW? I mean, the best example would Progress on this. Uh, so I think Progress looks bigger for the simple fact that Triple H has just cherry picked all their talent, which yeah. actually works more in ICW's favour because last time they only took Wilk Gang, this time they've only taken Joe Coffey and Kenny Williams. So it's like. If you look at the guys who were in the, the, the SSS tournament mm-hmm. uh, recently, uh, Pete Dunne, Tyler Bates, all those type of guys, I mean, Cassius Odom was in the final yeah. against a guy we'll talk about later on, Zach Saber Jr. So, it, so I'll just say that obviously, it does work to ICW's favour for the simple fact that 
they still get their big draws. Like Progress have basically Progress can't run shows on big four weekends anymore for the simple fact that W. W might want them to sit in the crowd to take over. I see W's the same. Bar- They've changed them. Baramania yeah. was designed as an alternative to WrestleMania. Yeah, but at the same time, that is a smart business move out with the UK to the simple fact that, you know, a lot of people will go, oh well I'll take the Monday off, but I'll work the Sunday so I can see WrestleMania. So they wouldn't have time to go to ICW. Nah, no, to be fair, I miss those nights out where you go to Baramania, Go straight to Katty, WrestleMania would be on the screen. Yes, right. I don't know why it's obviously a shame for people who did do them, but obviously it does it does mean that more people can actually do both now. Mm-hmm. It was good when they it was good when they had the square go and the rumble. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean that was that was you, you cannot have over too much rumble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the greatest Royal Rumble, which was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of rumble. Excuse me, did we not see the debut of Dan Matha? I mean what a what a fight he put up. <laughs> And that's Sumo Gang. Because if you squint, he might look like Yokozuna. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he stood next to a relative of Yokozuna's once. I put him in there. They were, uh, there was a big controversy over that because like they were they were doing like, asking for all these people. Apparently, they were asking for Hulk Hogan, which actually itself opened up conversations with them talking about Hulk Hogan again. Because they certainly people wanted Hulk Hogan. They were asking for Ultimate Warrior. Asking Ultimate Warrior, yeah. Yokozuna, but did, they, did the Saudi government not realise that those two are both dead? No, because they think they're like characters. <laughs> I mean, the great thing as well. We could, have, we could have done a fake game and fake. Uh, exactly. Fake, fake, fake warrior. A fake warrior. Fake Yokozuna. <laughs> back, back, back on the subject of the UK. <laughs> on the beef up in the UK. Uh, one advantage I think as well, I think it's having a scene over here has brought back the kind of media. I mean, we're yeah. obviously sitting here doing a podcast, but yeah. we talk about the likes of. Uh, we've got the a friend Neil Dawkins at the Mirror mm-hmm. doing so much coverage down there I mean the wrestlers are getting that coverage because it seems so good uh, in terms of podcasts you've got others you've got the likes of Inside the Ropes Cultaholic those type of guys are massive I mean we had Jericho over here yeah. Jericho mean, was here last night exactly I mean the thought of I mean <laughs> not here but in Glasgow yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, yeah. Got on the podcast, no, don't Jay- get too excited listeners he wasn't yeah. with us like Jamie and uh, Stacey and Sarah Garden, uh, old for his idea. Uh, Jericho was a wee bit glass of bucky. <laughs> and you've also touched on the likes of Ryback and that coming over here. I mean, that having that type of having the scene back there has kind of helped. I mean, I think a lot of people lost a lot of love for wrestling in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. where we had John Cena Mania running well. And you think the UK scene getting back to that would help most of us get back in love with wrestling? I mean, James obviously said about Fear the Moment. Yeah. It was it was ICW that got me watching wrestling again. I, I got I got told about it, and I, my first um, live wrestling event was Square Go 2015, and it was it was that that got me back to watching wrestling really uh, after like a six seven year hiatus, if you want to call it for one. Mm-hmm. So there's something about so when I watch. The main way I get my wrestling nowadays is I don't have a subscription to like any on demand, but I do have access to the network and stuff like that. So I will occasionally watch NXT and stuff like that. Mm. But eventually you do get a bit tired of it. But every time I go and watch a live show, mm-hmm. I'm like getting way more interested in it. Like there, there's almost, it's almost, I don't want to say the word, it's not like a drug, but like it's a, there's like a, a, an increase and then like a slow drop off period. Yeah. So if I've not gone to training or I've not seen wrestling in a while, you start to forget about it, but then after you've seen it or done it, you're just, it, it enters your mind a lot, and you're like, I'm gonna go rewatch King of the Ring, like something. It just enters your mind. I'm gonna go do that. Don't so rewatch King of the Ring. Don't rewatch King of the Ring. But ICW is one of the, the main reasons that I actually started loving wrestling again. It's the main reason I actually started doing it as well. Hmm. See, like, I never stopped watching wrestling, like, obviously. 
I didn't get into it until I was like a bit older, but I'd always watch like the highlights on Sky Sports Sunday afternoon. Um, but I remember it was like you obviously had Insane Fight Club on BBC, but you also had the YouTube documentaries like Dallas and Gradle would do, and you had the whole Get Gradle booked on ICW. Brilliant! <laughs> I loved that. And like that's how, my first show that I was actually old enough to go to uh, was the first Barramania. And I had no clue how half these guys were. You had like first Lionheart and Polo match, you had like Demo and Drew, and I was like, well, obviously you know who Drew was, but it was like, and I was just in love with it. Like every single match, it just kept getting better, and I've just not looked back since then. Could we maybe not mention Just Justice <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> after the slate that I took the other night? On the fact you just did. <laughs> so far, we've talked about. The world of sport days, early days, the original influx of the UK stars in the US, and the rebirth of the UK scene in the likes of Progress and ICW. Now, let's take a trip over to Japan and talk about the influx of UK talent over there. I've yeah. not got my passport on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave's got a tent. Japan's still a place to visit, but I'll put that on my list. Right. To, to kick this off, do you have any stats for us regarding this, Dave? On Japan, or just in general? In general. Uh, on Japan though. Not on Japan ah. though, sorry. <laughs> was hoping for a good thing, didn't Dave, but yeah, the, Dave, can you tell us a bit about some of these UK stars in Japan? Yeah, the, a few of them... Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> what I meant! <laughs> I didn't mean about the country! No! No! I want the stats for Japan and go on Wikipedia. I meant wrestling. So, um, <laughs> I've only watched New Japan a couple of times, but some of the guys mentioned this. We've got Zack Sabre Jr., we've got Marty Skrull, the villain. And of course, Will Ospreay. Yes, David read the ones that were on the notes. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I watched them at Wrestle Kingdom, and they—I think the the Fatal Four Way between uh, Marty Skrull, Will Ospreay, Naito, and Kushi. Naito wasn't in the match then. No, it? sorry. Let's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> the Fatal Four Way at Wrestle Kingdom 12. That's let's, match of the night. Let's start with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, we know him quite a lot from his time in the UK Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, he also won the. Promo ever. <laughs> Harry Potter isn't the only wizard from Britain. <laughs> My god. Yeah, Maryland is as well. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he also won the SSS 16 recently at Progress. Uh, he's he's uh, contended for the U Japan, uh, the IWGP World Championship recently. Uh, what's our thoughts on Zack Sabre Jr., guys? Best Good pa- wrestler. Best pals with Jeremy Corbyn as well. Have you mm-hmm. seen that? Yeah. Yeah. He hates the Tories. No, he's very pro Labour, but he was also very. at rallies with Jeremy Corbyn. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. He's wow. very. He's, we call him Zack Well, his, his Twitter <laughs> t- description, he does have socialist and. Yeah, he's very he's very politically minded and he's very big on labour. So that's any USA push then for him then. <laughs> Socialist <laughs> But man, that man can stretch a guy. I mean, submission mark, submission yeah. Oh yeah, submission specialist. He beat uh, so many of the Japan stars recently by submission. Made them all tap out. I mean, which in Japan is actually a much bigger deal than it is yeah. uh, in other promotions. Yeah. Uh, Dave also mentioned Matt, Matt Skirtle. The villain. Uh, Party Martin. <laughs> you know, for the recent, um, this is shameful, but I forgot the name of it. What's New Japan biggest event? Wrestle Kingdom. There's a good photo of him backstage making the costume. Yeah. And he, uh-huh. He's tinkering with it and oh, he, yeah. he makes, it, makes it go and stuff. And he's talking about he, he loves his gran. Isn't that sweet? The funniest thing I've ever seen is uh, when he was on Take Me Out. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was yeah. a we've, we've, talked, we've talked about him and oh. Take Me Out in the past. Yeah. We talked about it during the quiz on the charity special. I like, I like how much of a big deal he is now, and it's just another one to add to the long, 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 long list of people that TNA 
let go <laughs> during the Hulk Hogan era because they were they were too short or they weren't good enough at the time. Like surely, like for all WWE's failings at the time, if they're not sure what to do with somebody, they'll put them in NXT. Or they'll put them in a tag team. Or they'll put them in a tag like, team, or maybe say, hey, you know what, come on TV for a couple of weeks and we'll maybe discuss with the characters for you. Well, you talked about, obviously, he was part of Marty Scott, originally that was his original gimmick. He was on Take Me Out. He was Wrestle Talk on WrestleTalk TV. Yep. Yes, Dave, you now know this, thank you very much. <laughs> I, my quiz has taught you something. <laughs> yep. uh, but it's when he became the villain. Yeah. It really came yeah. in his own. I remember yeah. when he first came on ICW as a villain. Since so breakout role. Oh, he's amazing. Um, Are we all Marty fans here? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And they're not a Marty fan. Quacko obviously played his theme on the keyboard. Piano. Piano, keyboard. Um, it's a ball. Piano. Thank you. Quacko's <laughs> <laughs> an elegant man. <laughs> I like he's a classy man. <laughs> Same thing Pete Dunn does. There's something, and this is again something that you see more Japan and British guys doing joint manipulation. Uh, so, mm. with fingers and uh, bits of that. So, the, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, uh, in, in, there's, there's like an almanac out there somewhere of like wrestling rules, and a lot of promotions, joint manipulations meant to be illegal, but you know, it's so good, he gets away with it anyway. Like, it doesn't really matter. I love when he's about to hit a chicken wing, and he actually goes, Chicken wing! Chicken wing! <laughs> he's yeah. like Kenny Williams shouting, CrossFit! when he does a crossbody. The other guy I've got in here, well, it's pretty, uh, Jamie, this guy can defy that. Yeah, that makes me kind of sad. <laughs> like, see when you just watch them, and like, fair, it works for some people. Like, you get people that don't like the gymnastics side and all the flippy stuff, but it's still. Good luck. It's like his match with Ricochet as well. I mean, that was I think Meltzer Vader. gave uh, a proper hammering because it was Vader. Oh, was it Vader? Vader. Vader and Jamie. Back to Jamie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like people will be like, but at the same time, people are like, well, wrestling's the same way. Um, just because there's this new era of it, but to anybody that can do it, then I've much respect for them because I can't even do a cartwheel. People, <laughs> people, people that hate on flippy things are people that can't do it themselves. Uh, that's that's yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> can we just not have any more Spanish flies on the apron? Undeniably a fantastic performer, but I don't lean on the side of hating flippy stuff. There are points where it becomes redundant uh, and it almost looks like it's making fun of itself. He's so talented at it, it doesn't really look like that. I would say the young bucks are more in danger of that than him. Oh, yeah, he pulls out a lot of stuff that actually makes you go, well, I'm never trying that. Mm-hmm. Whereas after seeing like 10 parry the drop kick, I'm like, can you stop please, young I mean, bucks? You've got to uh, stop. He's matching with Kushida. Uh, yeah. He puts on some great series with Kushida. He's also getting great matches with Marty Scurll. Who, you know, obviously that was a, a really good story when eventually he won the field for me. It was always like the storyline going in was uh, three things certain in life uh, death, taxes, and Scurll beats Osprey because he beat him for the junior championship, he beat him for the round of honor. Yeah, they had a really good chemistry in that match. And he also had a match with uh, Drew Galloway in WCPW as well, where he showed he wasn't just a flippy guy, he was a guy who could. He yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't like the flippy guy in that he was fine from under, you know, he was I think it was uh, <laughs> I think it was Zach Gibson. <laughs> uh, uh, he fought him in the World Cup qualifiers uh, for WCPW as well and, and again that was another uh, another non-flippy match, which is a technical match. I mean he's arguably got one of the uh, greatest feuds in progress history with Jimmy Havoc, which they're probably gonna redo a match with I think it's the best match at the Wimbledon Arena, which sounds great as well. Not just talking about male wrestlers, we are going to talk about female wrestlers as well. We talk about two female wrestlers in particular who, again, we hope get well soon after what happened in the recent weekend. We talk about Viper, 
and Sammy G. Uh, my brother is killing it in Japan. Yeah, currently yeah. stardom champion. Hopefully, the two of them as injuries, I'm not seriously, but. Uh, no, Sammy James out for a month. Yeah. She's out for a month. She's out for a month. But uh, it's amazing how Viper, even Kaylee Ray, yeah. are over there regular. I think they spent all of January in Japan. Kaylee Ray recently went over to Europe as well. Iron and Viper was in France as well. It yeah. was taking over the world. They're tearing it up. Viper and. Sorry, Kaylee. Both in the. They are classic. Yeah. Yeah. They call it the cruiserweight classic. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many two of them in the season. Viper's a cruiserweight? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's amazing. I mean, these. You think uh, of all these, the main type three we talk about, who's the one that's really the flag bearer? Or is there a really a flag bearer? They all, should, are they all, should they all be seen on equal ground? I think they're, they should all be seen on equal ground because obviously they're both different characters, they're all different characters, they're all different styles of wrestling as well. Uh, again, you know, they just have different representation in different ways and I think that's what makes them all really stand out in their own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, no, that's really cool how they've all got a different niche. No one's stepping on anyone's toes. Uh-huh. All the different characters, it's really interesting. Kaylee Ray's was sort of the filthy generation. Viper's just tearing it up like nobody's business. And and then with the guys, you've got Zack Sabre Jr. submission, yeah. Hi-Fi, and there's the villain. But what's going to happen once they keep getting more popular and people are going to have to cross over? Are they going to be fighting on home turf and away? Or? James, I was, I was really hoping Dave was nearly about to explain Sammy Jane. You say, oh, you say yeah. my James, Sammy. I was just like, yeah, yeah. That's my bad. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. But something as well about uh, Osprey, obviously, we were talking about the flippy stuff. What did people think? Uh, a match that, you know, New Japan hadn't really had the explosion uh, and popularity had yet. When he fought Ricochet in the Best of the Super Juniors, what did people like Vader and Jim Cornette expect when they criticised that? Because no everybody likes the same things you like, so it, it was a case of any publicity is good publicity. And that led to, you know, multiple matches with the two of them and promotions all over the world. It led to, you know, a rise in popularity for Will Osprey and, you know, the sort of fluffy stuff. Mm. You know, yeah. it's just, it did make it bigger, but it's always just the criticism of Osprey, just the simple fact that he done some flips. And it's well known as well that WWE quite high on Osprey and Skittle as well. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, moving away from Japan, we kind of, obviously, the US, Obviously, we talked earlier on the show how there was a lot of influx of UK guys in the US, and around about this recent years as well, they've started coming back into as well. And the first major ones that did it was TNA, with TNA British Bootcamp, which was regular Sunday night viewing on Challenge for anybody, also myself. But uh, we talked about this before the show. Uh, what did the, the Bootcamp? That was that a good sign that the that the division was getting taken seriously in the UK? It was, but at the same time, they didn't do anything with it. It's it's just it was a typical TNA thing. I think it gave exposure to the people that weren't gonna go anywhere. Like at the same like I watched like the, the Fight Club documentary at that point and then switching over and you see Kaylee Ray and TNA and you're like, oh my god, like mm. this is obviously a big deal. It's good because you see, you kinda seen some of the people that you watched at shows uh, and it was like kinda they were getting in there, it was like I remember the Gnome Dart. Was the one I remember quite was in. No, it was. It wasn't high up on the W in the ICW roster. It was kind of mid card. Uh, but in the UK, it wasn't. It was. A, I heard a lot of people saying, "Lundar might be favourite to win this tournament," and I'm like, oh, "He's Scotch. I'm going to watch this." But yeah, I mean, and there was a lot of names in there who you you maybe didn't know if you weren't as familiar with the scene. Yeah. I mean, it was round about the time. I think it was round about the time after I, just after I started watching ICW, and they weren't as familiar to me, but. 
now they're all household names, obviously there was the winner of TNA Bootcamp 2, Mark Andrews. I remember watching that thinking, how has Mark Andrews won this tournament? But then now, like three odd years later, you're like, Mark Andrews is one of the best in, in Britain. Alright, before I, when I saw him, I was like, I thought uh, I was really scared of Rampage Brown. He just looked at him and he was like, aye, that's a big guy, and now I've like, seen him at shows and he's actually quite lovely. <laughs> Not scary at all. No, he, he, he's a crack. Yeah, I, I, on the final three, I thought he should have won it. Oh, definitely. Even I remember feeling that no. way. Was it Mark Andrews who recently had a quite a, a brutal match? Uh, I forget it was now. Gulak. Sorry? Was it Gulak? Were you talking about WWE or what I was Ah, maybe talking about WWE. I'm, I'm getting confused, but he's definitely one of the names that pops up a lot now in terms of people like getting more exposure through cross-brand promotions yeah which is something that i think is interesting because whether or not you're a big name in your own promotion if you get picked up outside of that that's somehow a much bigger deal and like these places in the uk are now being used almost as sort of like not like talent training grounds or anything but people who are smaller at home are bigger elsewhere i'm not sure whether that's to do with their look or like their, their talent or i mean the thing as well about the boot camp as well, it kind of outlined, it was the f first real sign that Grado could have been a star in the industry. I mean, the second series especially, uh, while he was in it, a lot of it was centred around him. Him and Austin. Yeah, there was the wrestling, the competition wrestling side, and then there was the side angle with Grado. <laughs> Obviously, getting kicked off it, getting back <laughs> on it. He made the final six. Should he have made the final six? Compared to some of the other guys, it's questionable from a wrestling point of view, I think, from a character point of view. I think it was his bit. It was as scripted as like it's a tough enough than that. It was <laughs> a simple case that they did have guys where like like star, 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 but at the same time, Grado had, had made a made a niche for himself in Scotland, you know, with like like a prayer entrance and all that. And it was just a case of right, this guy's big in the UK. We're doing more shows in the UK because WWE aren't. Let's get them involved. It's like the old sort of reality TV show concept, anyway. I mean, you get a guy in there, you you get them to go far. You know, they may not be the very best. Uh, or the most qualified to win, but if they're a noticeable character, somebody that draws a reaction, whether they're loved or hated, you want to keep as it from a, a TV point of view. You want to keep them on TV because then it will bring in ratings. Yeah. So maybe that was the the well, angle they were going. The thing they did with Grado was fine as well. I mean, they probably didn't know they didn't think Grado was going to win it, but he got to the final six. Didn't make it to the final three, which was kind of fine. He got his big angle at the Hydro with Al Snow. Got the contract. Everybody was happy, you know. Uh, but you look at some of the names as well, it was a, good, it was a mix of kind of... You talk about... Ross, you talked about this before the show, and also Ellen the show, uh, and people who got away type aspect of it, and you look at some of the names yeah. who didn't get very far in it, it was an opportunity miss for TNA, especially one of the examples obviously is Nick Storm, now known as Nicky Cross. Yeah. That's a case of, for some of them, those who got away. It's the amount of people that, like so Japan and WWE, have scooped up. That at a time where TNA are in a rebuilding phase, where they're on, you know, Freeview TV in the UK, they could really could make an impact in the industry. And WWE basically, without taking them away from the UK industry, basically signed up most of these guys and uh, most of these girls as well. And the same way, you know, Stardom in Japan have basically got a deal, right? You can wrestle for your your home promotions, but you know, WWE and TNA come call, don't go near them. And it's it is just another example of when TNA looked to be on the rise and then just fell short again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there, there, was, there was loads of situations like that. I mean, uh, uh, Nikki Storm can stop this. She stood up for me in that tournament, to be fair. Well, you, look, oh, you look at Nikki Storm, she's the best women's character, I think, in NXT and WWE, just character-wise. 
and she's a great wrestler and on top of that you've got Kaylee Ray and Stardom we talked about her by from Sami Jane from flying flag for British wrestling in Japan on the women's side and yet they let them go mm-hmm. it, 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 there's no much more you can say it's literally you'll just you'll read that list and go you let that go seriously you let that go it's it's beggars proof there was also kind of a mix as well of uh, they didn't take TNA have obviously been known in the past for taking WWE talent and using them but yeah. there was a couple of these guys on the, on the competition that they didn't take on uh, Martin Stone known as Danny Birch of course now yeah and uh, Joe Redman, who was also one half the inaugural NXT Tag Team Champion <laughs> yeah. with uh, Neville. That's you know? right, yeah. So it was kind of that mix as well. I mean, I was obviously maybe yeah. just taking these guys on just because they weren't WWE, but then they realised they're not uh, quite good enough. TNA actually had one decent faction, which, funnily enough, was called British Invasion, and it featured uh, Doug Williams, Rob Terry, and Magnus. So, who, fun fact, statistic of the day, uh, Magnus, Nick, Mr. Nick Aldis, was uh, actually oblivion in the re- in the revamped Sky One Gladiators. I remember yeah. that. I remember. They used to get called Bo or what? He was called Bo. He was called the Big O or something. Big O, I yeah. Bo. But well, he was, that was a that was a terrible. He was the. He was the new wolf, as it were. Don't know if you remember nineties Gladiators. Yeah. Wolf was just like yeah. the man the back in the day. Guy, yeah. yeah. But um, I think TNA's British Invasion stable was very good. It led to Magnus getting his uh, TNA World Championship run, British World Champion in wrestling. I mean, we've been praying for that for quite a while, and we just next step will be a Scottish World Champion. Well, we did get NXT. Got <laughs> no, Drew. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. Uh, WWE uh, or TNA, that's yeah, what I meant. But, uh, we've also had many Scottish World Champions. Yes, yes, of course, yes. Uh, but obviously, talking, we talk about the WWE's got the UK division, but they've also got UK guys in about there. Uh, we talked about them on the show. The first is uh, Seamus, who's kinda UK. Obviously, no, Ireland. No, yeah. Although WWE probably wasn't the United Kingdom. Yeah, state. Ireland, UK, kind of. Kind of. Just gone back. Accept that. Gone back to the British invasion. We talked about. We've talked before about WWE pigeonholing people in like 205 Live. They've done that with Doug Williams, who's a great technical wrestler. They pigeonholed him in the X division. Magnus, yeah, he did win the world title eventually, but it was after so many failed storylines. By that point, nobody cared. It was the simple fact that when he won the world title, the big story in TNA was, you seri- again, they let somebody go, you seriously let AJ Styles go. And the only one they really done anything with, because no one liked him, was Rob Terry. Can I make a wee point here? Is it not interesting that in, the, in all the country stereotyping that they've done, you know, WWE have done some really bad stereotypes based on where someone's from. Yeah. So it's not interesting that the only UK stereotype they did was with a guy who wasn't even from the UK. So they made Buddy Buddy Piper and they were like, ah, oh, that's his name, and he comes out and he wears tartan and stuff. So, but then it's like, Drew Galloway, Nicky, Nicky Cross, like none of these people do anything that's like, I'm Scottish by the way, and then eats a haggis in the middle of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do any of that. They did that but with, but with Eddie Guerrero, he had his lowrider and all that stuff, you know, like, yeah. it's weird that they've not, like, had someone come out chugging Iron Brew and, like, <laughs> slamming shortcake tins onto the ground, like... Do you think Vince knows what Iron Brew is? I don't think he well, does. He didn't, but he, well, there's a story that says he didn't know what burritos were, despite eating steak wraps every day. <laughs> so when someone, when someone, someone said a line that was like, how about we have this guy eat a burrito, and Vince is like, what's a burrito? And they went, are you kidding? And he went, no, no one's going to know what a burrito is. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, why, why is so Scotland... Why does it Nicky Cross just carry a bottle of Buckfast with her and just take a slug of it and then she goes all crazy in the ring? You see them do Buckfast and some Tunks tea cakes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, I mean, if, if you can get away with um, 
uh, lean you can get away with buck pass. Or the very least, but the cups are empty, so it's never it's always implied. It's always implied, but this is the UK guys. Obviously, Drew's the one guy kind of talked about. Obviously, the NXT champion of the past. Obviously, doing well main roster. With Wade Barrett a couple of years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Wade Barrett. Wade could, Barrett. He yes. got some bad news. He could have been. He could have been so much more. Oh, he, had, he was. He had the most potential to be WWE's first British-born world champion, but they let him go. There were plans for him, and then again, like it always happens. Well, yeah, 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 they yeah, showered yeah. on him a bit. He was injury-prone as well, but yeah. you could put in that stable. But I can't remember. Oh, the League of Nations. Yeah. Actually, he was the most boring theme song ever. He was the stable guy, and we had the next and scene also the core as well. But you know, the League of Nations, what was it? It was Rusev, Sheamus, Del Rio, and, Del Rio and Barrett. Barrett. Yeah. Sheamus has done pretty well for himself. Rusev's doing alright. Rusev's got Rusev Day. Yeah, but if they, if they replaced Barrett with like Cesaro and then uh, Del Rio with Jinder, you'd have like an all star faction that'd be now. Yeah, just add them in and have like a table of six, you know, make them like the Bullet Club. Oh, God, God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jinder Club. <laughs> but that's the thing, I was, my main point was. They never really lean on these guys being from the UK. Mm. It's almost like for some reason they're seen as above that. They never make Pete Dunne come in and be like, I'm English. Yeah, but there's the UK, you've got the UK division as well. I think well, they so. They kind of feel separated a wee bit. Yeah. I think yeah. as well. Though, they don't let their nation sort of define their characters. I think that's what they're, the approach they're trying to take. Vince kind of has a thing. If they're an English speaking nation, they must be civilised. It's like, <laughs> generally, the thing I always oh. think about with Vince McMahon is when he picks a foreign heel as the bit in Futurama. I'm not from here, I have my own customs. Boom. Look at this crazy passport. <laughs> It's just like because we know there is going to be so many people from the UK, that there has always been a good influx of UK wrestlers. They don't really feel the need now to do stereotypes. But you talk a kind of, you got an idea about pigeonholing. I think for a while, we've talked in the past about pigeonholing of the cruiserweight divisions with 205 Live. You think for a while they were kind of pigeonholing the UK division with Dunn, Bate, Seven, Wolfie, Andrews. You think they kind of pigeonholed them for a while until they started getting the likes of Adam Cole challenging, yeah. Roderick Strong. You think it was kind of pigeonholed in that way for well, a while? I think it was a kind of a slow build. Yeah, they sort of planted the seeds with a couple of noticeable names again, like Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, obviously being the big names coming out of last year's uh, UK Championship tournament. But then obviously they get, like you said, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong challenging, gives them a bit of bit of foundation to work with, and then they start bringing in more British guys. I think that's a good approach to take. Yeah, I think they wanted to do something more with it, and it's hard when you've got a limited roster of UK guys. But, you know, it, it did seem like it's like we've got these five guys that just have to fight each other for a while. But then, you know, they realised it's not a bad thing to have the title brought into the main scene, as it were. I think they wanted just too much too fast. Yeah. Like, they wanted yeah. the cruiserweights, they wanted the British people, they wanted the women's division. Like, it was all just they wanted to take over the market. But it didn't really work once they finished, like the, the uh, tournament finished and then there was nothing for them. Like, they had guys had contracts, but again, it was the same matches all over again, the same guys going for the title, and they just sort of left them to the side after that. You, you, you could have threw in a, a bunch of guys, you know, like some Norton Dar was on the, ro- on the roster, Jack Gallagher was on the roster. Yeah, he actually mm-hmm. charmed for the title. Yeah, he, he has yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. yeah but that, that, that was again a yeah. wee bit longer in, that's after it. I of, actually think. See if you're, like, Triple H just talked about adding tag titles to 205 Live. If you're that set on a division that isn't selling in the in the United States, why not add the UK title as like a second title and the US title there, the title? Because a lot of these guys like Dunn, Bay, 
World of Sport presents whatever wrestling, something like that. Make it seem like a brand rather than just, you know, like the old timey TV where it's like, you can hear a tano and it's like, and now we bring you to for a wrestling showcase. It's like, it seems old fashioned. World of Sport sounds really old. I mean, you talk about brands, I mean, I think it's the proper time to talk about now. When most of the wrestlers are talking about the upcoming uh, UK Championship Tournament. Obviously, we've got uh, 16 of the best, well, 16 superstars. Well, five, 15 of the best guys based in Britain. Andrew Gulak. Oi. I think Vince is Gulak. I think Vince listens to the show and he's heard going, Gulak's from Clarkson? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Vince is sitting in his opulent uh, mansion out in Stamford, Connecticut, and he's just like, God damn it, they're talking about gender and Drew Gulak again! <laughs> I mean, let's get on with uh, this. Dave, yep. Are you gonna be biased on Gulak winning this? Or who do you who's your thoughts? Who do you who do you see breaking out in this tournament? No, to be honest, I think I'm not gonna be biased towards Gulak because there's a lot of very big uh, names like not just from UK as a whole. Don't, call, don't say Flash Morgan Webster's a long No, no, no. That's, a, that's a big name. <laughs> You've got a good mix of guys who are already on the main roster and a couple of guys from our own turf of ICW. Like Specifically, we've got uh, Joe Coffey and Kenny Williams representing the Ouija's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Want to say that again? <laughs> yeah. Glass Ouija's for our American listeners. <laughs> yeah. uh, you get Jordan Devlin as well coming in for the tournament as well, but also from the main roster you've got Gentleman Jack Gallagher and, as as were mentioned, Drew Gulak. So I think there's definitely something for everybody to, that's just to name a few, we've got other names such as uh, Joseph Connors, uh, Zach Gibson, you know, they're going to be in it as well. Yes, uh, Dave, don't ruin all the names for everybody. <laughs> I said about half of them, you still got uh, half of them. Jamie, you've probably seen a lot of these guys wrestle. I think from your time on the... Yeah, surprisingly the I actually have, not even just that, just going to shows like... You've got your family shows and the ICW shows, so there's a mix round there. Um, quite gutted, there's some folk that I did want, I think, deserve to be in it. Um, but you never know what name, name the top one. Who would you say is the top person Who's that you wish? Who's missing? The uh, one person. Well, see, I'm biased though, right? Because I really prefer his style of wrestling, but I would love to see Mark Hoppe in it. Mark Coffey was a name that was thrown about. I think from a fair few people. Uh, uh, obviously, especially when Joe's name came up in the first date. Aye. A lot of people were like, you put the two of them together, especially because he's a tryout. You know. Uh, but any, of the 16 in there, I mean, what names kind of stand out to you? Oh, only one. Only one. Soon to be recognised. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, don't need you guys. <laughs> There's someone I'm sorry. No, I thought so, I didn't know who was first. Somebody I'm surprised hasn't been, because before the British, you know, explosion over here, with the likes of ICW being really big in progress, being really big, Lionheart was always a big name. I'm surprised he's not been in either one of these See, tournaments. I thought when they did the storyline at the Paris, when they kind of walked out and kind of thanked everybody, I thought he's got another beat. Yeah. 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 And then Maybe they're just worried if he sees AJ, he'll flip out and attack him or something. <laughs> well, he has fought AJ since then, so no, he's, no, he's no bad blood. So, is that Gibson's the one that stands out to you? Oh, well, he's just, for the past couple of years, he's definitely been a favourite. Like, he doesn't even need to do anything when he's hated. Like, he comes out. Says that in a ridiculous accent, and everybody's booning down the ramp. And just like from the Zero G title bit that he was in, and everything he's been doing down in England promotions, like I feel like he deserves the spotlight. And one interesting thing about him as well is he, he won the, the Davy Boy Smith Memorial Cup yeah. many moons ago. It feels like uh, Wild Boar was in that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> something as well about, uh, like you were saying, he doesn't have to do much, he just does it in his accent. 
when you hear him talk <laughs> outside, you know, he does have a love of an accent also being from there, but he, he does the simple thing, like Boy Michael always says, the best performers are themselves turned up to 100. They are, they don't try to be something or not. He's just a guy who's really good technically, and he can be really good at being unlikable, and he just turns his accent up, because obviously, when you're in the UK, the Liverpoolian accent's always one that gets kind of sleepy. Yeah. Okay. And he just turns that right up, just so it's like a screeching sound, and it's just like gone. It. You're che- it doesn't matter who's fighting. You can go to the show and not know who's fighting. You'd be like, I can't wait to see you get your head kicked in, and he's such a good heel. Yeah, yeah. Ross, is there any names that really stand out to you as ones you think? I think they, I can see these guys winning it. He won't win it, but I want him to win it, and it's Jack Gallagher, because I think he's brilliant. I think he's both as a heel and a face. He's a real, really good serious heel, and also as a face, he, he comes in with like the silly silly trunks and the umbrella under his arm and all that, and people always underestimate him. Like, he's matched with Neville at Fastlane in yeah. 2017. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's also, he's had some classic match with uh, Joe Coffey. I mean, I had that match yeah, at uh, Square Door many years ago. That was, was that the first That was my first time. That's the first I match you ever saw in ICW. Yes. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I did. Quacky, you know a lot of these names as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll throw this out to you. Who really stands out to you in this tournament? Probably about a couple. Um, okay, so it's stated the obvious for me Joe Coffey. I'm a big fan of the Iron King Iron Man. Um, Another, a, a wee dark horse thing that you could maybe mention is Ashton Smith, maybe. I was very surprised to see Smith's name come up. I thought, if any, obviously he's teaming with Brown, Rampage Brown. I thought if any of the two of them was going to be Rampage. Yeah, so you would think that, wouldn't you? So for Ashton Smith's name to come out, uh, it's big for uh, what the work he's doing. Yeah. Uh, the man can do an eye gouge. Oh my god, he looks oh, yeah. so, oh, aggra- yeah. so, so aggressive with it. Uh, but he's a, good, he's a good dark horse, I would say, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, James, what about in terms of who do you think can stand out of the crowd? Well, I have to ask, the winner of this gets a shot at the belt, do they? Or do the, they? The, 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 the last 16 matches are going to be at the Download Festival. Right. And then the quarterfinals, semi-finals, finals will be at night one of the UK tournament. Right. And then night two, whoever wins the tournament gets a shot at the done. Right, okay. Uh, I think Joe Coffey. You think Joe Coffey? Yeah. I mean, I, we know you're a big Joe Coffey fan. You have interviewed uh, him in the past. I, yeah, I think, to be honest, I think he's... When you look at all the guys that are in this tournament, then look at Joe Coffey, apart from maybe Ashton Smith, he's very WWE looking as well. He's a strapping tank of a guy, uh, and he's a good talker, and he can go, and to be honest, he oozes charisma. I don't know, I reckon he could win. He's a very marketable, very talented, yeah. fair to say. He could promote a match. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Plus, he looks good in a suit as well. I mean, man, <laughs> ones I would kind of throw, I mean, it may be controversial talking about because he's technically not British, but he is based over here. Travis Banks. Uh, I think he's one of the best, top five in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Even from his days in the Prestige with Joe Hendry. I'm surprised he's not in it as well. Joe Hendry? Yeah! He's, I, think he's got, I think he's got a lot of other stuff going Joe on. Joe Hendry obviously is in Ring of Honor tomorrow night in Edinburgh. He's fighting for the mm-hmm. television title. But still, like that's that's another one. Like if you look at it, poor Gulag, you know, he's just basically doing what he's telling. But people are just like, what about him? What about him? Mm-hmm. What about him? <laughs> and people are doing, Drew Gulag's just sitting there like, what have I done? Well, <laughs> I, do, I do think though, this, this UK tournament is very NXT based, obviously the first night you've got a very strong style here on Disputed Era. I've got a feeling it will be Jamie's pick of Zach Gibson, and I've got a feeling in the 
UK title match, it'll be the undisputed end of the cost, Pete Dunne title. Oh, but then I have to stop watching NXT because there's a chance that Gibson might come on and go, SOONE! Oh, no. Because he will be recognised. He'll just say, I am. <laughs> I mean, no longer. Well, see, just, we know that he wins the title and then his gimmick dies. Maybe I do want him to win this. No, because he'll soon be recognised as the NXT yeah. champion. Ah, uh, can, can I throw a name out there? But I think no. Sure. Probably is it. Mate, that's you not on for the next month then. <laughs> can I throw a name? But I think probably deserves. For his work on the UK scene to have a great show, at least in this tournament, El Aguero. Yeah. El Aguero, yeah. They're actually, they're actually just called, they've announced the brackets. I've only seen one match, but they're just calling him Aguero. Really? Oh. There's no, like, the curse of the first name in WWE. It's like the curse of the second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander and Adrian have left, and now El has left. He's just Aguero. Well, He's, yeah. Aguero's fighting Travis Banks. Defiant Wrestling or WCBW? He's fighting Travis Banks in the first round. You could have told me that before I made that statement. <laughs> Defiant Wrestling or WCBW wouldn't have gotten very far without the match that he and Martin Kirby put on, so yeah. he deserves a lot of props for his work in the UKC, definitely. To be fair, I think as well, Morgan Webster, like, oh, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. Every time I've seen him, like, I just want him to go far. But I know it, like, he was not going to win or anything, but he deserves to have some good Never matches. know. Never know. One that will make you very happy, Stevie. Kenny Williams is facing Dave Master. Oh, oh my yes. God, yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, he's gonna die! <laughs> Master's gonna kill <laughs> I love Dave Master, he's brilliant. I love to see him do well. Can I just say, I like Kenny Williams. I don't know what your problem is. I like <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a problem with him. It's Kenny, Kenny Williams was very technically a wrestler. I have no problem with him in the ring. He's just... He's sold out. I'm he's simple gonna, as. I'm gonna say uh, Jimmy, you tell us before the show, you. Watched Amir Jordan. You've oh, seen yeah. a bit of him. Can you just. Do you think he's a dark horse? Or do you think. It depends because, like, I know he, he's another one sort of like Cradle. Like, he comes out, does his dances and stuff like that. But when he gets in, he's, he's got some really good stuff. Um, but that also depends if he's allowed to do that stuff when he's there yeah. or yeah. will it be toned down. I have seen Snapchat videos of him dancing to like Punjabi it's MC. It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's actually great to see everyone just getting involved in it. It looked like a really good Barbie that was going down in the video. Yeah, a, I think I'm going to put you on the spot actually on this one. Apart from Dave, because Dave knows nothing about UK wrestling. <laughs> uh, Ross, you've kind of seen the bracket, so you've made a move. I've only seen two matches, man. Who's going to be the, who's going to be the final four in this tournament? I think oh you've put me in this way. We'll not put Dave in the spot, but let's just put the Specky guy in the spot. Uh, I'll go Gibson and Coffee in one semi-final and Travis Banks and you know what, seeing as Kwaku and Jamie have talked him up, Amir Jordan. Maybe maybe put like the likable dancing face against <laughs> the hated, hated Scouser. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, James, what's your thoughts? Uh, Joe Coffey, Zach Gibson, Travis Banks, <laughs> and Flash Morgan Webster, probably. It's going to be Gibson, Banks, it's and it's Coffey. It's going to be Gibson, Banks, and Coffey. Like, it's one of them is going to win. See, we've not seen the bracket, sorry. So we've got to put this out there and it's going to be like, these guys are all facing each other on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Coffey, Banks, Gibson, <laughs> uh, Gulak. Uh, see, I was, was, was going to say that we're definitely going to put Gulak in there. Um, but I'd rather, I'd change up, I'd rather Master for the coffee. 
Oh. So, so what? Gulak, Gibson, Banks, and uh, Mastiff. Okay. Interesting. I, I would have said uh, El Galero, but now I know that he's going to be facing Travis Banks in the first round. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, I go with Banks, Coffey, Gibson, and Gallagher. Oh. I think that's interesting. Talk that's alright. Just copy my first three eyes. <laughs> I mean, uh, another quick one, obviously, we said, if you had to put one guy in there who wasn't in there, who would be? You've already done yours, Jamie. Gwaku. Again, I'm not going to ask Dave. Right, I'm torn torn between Lionheart and BT Gun, but I'll go with Lionheart. James? Oh, man, this is hard. <laughs> Surely Mikey Whip. I was gonna say it. I was gonna say it. But I was gonna say I really do want to see Mikey Whip Bash back in a, in a WWE thing. Um, yeah, probably Mikey Whip Bash. Oh. You see, if you've ever seen any of his family friendly work, he's actually he's totally different. Oh, yeah. He's a oh, really, yeah. really great wrestler. So yeah, Mikey Whip Bash. Ross. Jimmy Havoc. Oh, your next mate. Oh. <laughs> next mate. Oh. All right, right, right forget that. Forget that. I guess. Forget that Ross said Jimmy Havoc, <laughs> that was definitely Stevie's idea. I'll go Joe Henry. Joe Henry's a really creative, ah, yeah. really creative heel, really creative face. He can work either or. He's also a really good wrestler for the fact that he's only been wrestling for what, five years. Yeah, he's not wrestling long. No. He's not been wrestling long, uh, long. And, you know, if he goes to NXT, you know, under the likes of, you know, Triple H, Bobby Mayo, Robert Brookside, who we mentioned earlier. I think he could flourish to be John Ross as well, a top WWE heel or face. Before we finish, have we got anything else we want to say about the UK wrestling scene as a whole? I love it! <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> Dave? Of course nothing Dave. Well, to anyone who hasn't actually been to a UK show yet, I don't know how likely that is to our listeners, but anyone who's not gone to one, I would recommend going to yeah. any of them so, that you can. It's setting the June. <laughs> PBW is back. Yes. Can't remember where, but it's on the it's on the website. What's somewhere? Somewhere, somewhere, not Glasgow. Somewhere the, somewhere. Source also have shows going yeah. on as well, quite regularly as well. You know. Sorry, I've got the first round matches. Our host for next week's all women show, Sarah Grieve, has came through for us. Uh, we'll get Ashton Smith, Joseph Connors, Flash Morgan Webster versus James Drake, Kenny Williams, Dave Mastiff, El Ligero, Travis Banks. Zach Gibson, Emil Jordan. Tucker. <laughs> that, was, that was a natural one. Tucker v. Joe Coffey, Jordan Devlin, Tyson T-Bone, and Drew Gulag, Jack Gallagher. And apparently, uh, Drew Gulag and Jack Gallagher has already been done. Yeah, Jack Gallagher I was going to say, I'm not going to say spoiler here. Steve. It's already happened. Gulag and Gallagher has happened uh, at an NXT taping and Gallagher won. I thought that was the taping, hey, taping spoilers, that's legitimate spoilers. We're going to have to cut that. Yeah, we can cut that. That's taping spoilers. Who cares? Who cares? Well, that's why there was we'll a. Put, we'll, we'll put spoilers. We all thought that was going to happen. Uh, something I was going to say about like checking out the British scene is a lot of times I've seen like um, wrestling viewers Observer and uh, Dave Meltzer like tweeting a lot like uh, has anyone got any results from these UK promotions mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And it always just strikes me. Why don't one of them just come over and actually take it in for themselves? If these these people have such huge following in wrestling, and yet it strikes me they've not come over or like just taken it in for themselves. Something as well, like you see uh, PWG, they always have very like small venues with lots of people crammed in and make a bigger atmosphere. Ring of Honor is a lot, a lot of older people. There's not as many kids there. 
No, just saying it because we're in Scotland, it is tame compared to the Scottish crowds. I'm sorry, it just is. It's the British crowds are louder because we don't get as much wrestling, even though we've had this this explosion, we don't get as much wrestling. So we're more into it and we make a night out of it. Yeah. So if if he thinks PWG and Ring Bonner be a great atmosphere, what would they think of the likes of ICW or Progress, which is kind of like a, a you know punk promotion sort of thing? Yeah. You see, there's so much to love in the UK. See, and as we said, if you've not been to a show, we would recommend you go to a show. And on that note, that is the end of our British Invasion show. We've covered pretty much everything UK-based. If we've not, please tell us off on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. Right, coming up in the coming weeks on Suplex Retweet, next week it's happening. We have got the all-women show, which Jamie will be on. Historic woman show. Historic! <laughs> all women! Me, 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 me and Ross have an agreement that we're not going to say yes, that. But I, you said it, so you're okay. I, I made Dave not say it, and then I also said to Sarah, I do apologise, we will promote your show with the respect it deserves, and then Absolutely. one of the panellists just cuts away. So no, it's going to be a good show. It's, it's the first time I've ever done it here. So <laughs> I don't think it's ever been done. I don't know if it's ever been done on another podcast, but it should be good. Also in the coming weeks, we've also, as we said, we've got a look back at last year's UK t- uh, tournament, so that's an interesting look on it. We then we've got the live debuts of Ross McLeod, so we'll be talking all things Money in the Bank. Yeah, we're going to be doing a pod of two and a half, so we're going to be doing the first half, talking about the history of Money in the Bank, and our favourite cash-ins, our favourite moments of the actual pay-per-view, outside of <laughs> Jamie's whisper Dolph Ziggler, so she might be on the pod, we'll pretend you didn't hear that. Uh, and the second half will just be a preview of the 2018 show, and then a week later we'll be doing a full review of the 2018 Money and Bank. We'll also, on Anchor, Quacko's assembling the Dream Team for another, <laughs> NXT, Team. another NXT preview. Yep. This is this is Ross also trying to slide into that one. <laughs> He's not on that dream team. <laughs> yeah. Always sliding into the DMs quickly. <laughs> yeah, so we've got so much coming up here at Suplex Retweet, so please follow us on all our social media accounts people want and follow me what's going up. We're also hoping to do some interviews in the coming future, so stay tuned. Yeah. But from the team here at Suplex Retweet, I'd like to thank Ross, James, Quacko, David and Jamie for joining me. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. I've been Stephen Wilson and we'll hear from you next week. So until then, goodbye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!